handle the truth. Should we or should we not follow the advice of the galactically stupid? Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe fuck yourself. You're all a bunch of fucking assholes. You know why? You don't have the guts to be what you want to be. You need people like me. You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers and say, that's the bad guy. Clearly, don't know who you're talking to, so let me clue you in. I am not in danger, Skyler. I am the danger. A guy opens his door and gets shot, and you think that of me? No. I am the one who knocks. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Righteous Prick Podcast. I am your host, J.L. Covan. It is 11.46 a.m. on Monday, July 18th in the year of our Lord, 2022. I am taking a quick... I had my tea, my green tea with matcha, because, you know, when you add matcha, it's a superfood because it tastes like ass was dumped into your green tea. Matcha. And walnuts... With two squares of 70% dark chocolate to treat myself. Yum, 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 yum. And uh, although I've been, I've been harsh on dark chocolate, but I will admit, when you go to some, some highfalutin cunty stores like Whole Foods, they do have some premium selections of dark chocolate. So it's, it's not your grandpappy's dark chocolate today, okay? But you get some, there's a, there's a brand called Endangered Species, which, I was disappointed to find out it doesn't include bits of endangered species in the chocolate because I thought that was what was making it taste so good. But apparently they donate some of their proceeds to endangered species, like a bunch of lib cucks. But their their variety of 72% cacao chocolates, incredible. Like, you know, instead of I can't believe it's not butter, I can't believe this has enough flavonoids to make it healthy. But, uh... So dark chocolate I've come around on, walnuts still taste like uh, dried forest feces, just it's like eating, it's like tree bark and a rock fucked in the forest and had kids and those kids were called walnuts. It's a superfood, it's super healthy for you, the magnesium's supposed to be good for your sleep, so I'm trying to make walnuts a daily part of my day, like a a medicine, you know, like like an enema in my mouth. Uh, so that's walnuts for you, but I'm, I'm doing it. Um, cause I ate like a pig this, this, uh, this weekend in Boston. Uh, I saw friends from college. Um, I drank, I did think I drank, I, I ate large desserts. I ate lots of French fries. I really just a disgusting cholesterol weekend, but 
you know, how often do I get to go have anything resembling a vacation? So I felt, let's go all the way. And it was nice. Uh, met met several of my friend's kids for the first time. And uh, it's, it's like surreal. And they were all like, you know, friendly, well-mannered, nice-looking kids. Nice-looking in like a polite, you know, parental way, not in like a they're hot. Um, they, they might be one day. They're just not at the age where that's appropriate. I don't have them on any. Anyway, this is getting too weird. The point is... Um, it was a really fun weekend. The low, low point was really comedy as it's becoming. No, I'm just kidding, folks that listen. And I think I might have had actually stronger righteous prick representation at the show than making podcasts great representation, which is both a testament to the to the righteous prick nation and uh, a real a real blemish on the making podcasts great again community. Um, but I was in the small room, which I know this will sound. I'm not doing the, you know, it's actually better that I got the small room, but the small room is better for comedy. I know I wanted more ticket sales and shit, but the small room is really good for comedy. I think I did like 95 minutes, 98 minutes, which is way too much, but the last 15 minutes of that were, were, were Q&A. And here's a good plug, Patreon, my Patreon. If you And I hate saying if you want to support me because that seems to be the psychology now between behind paywall stuff like doesn't matter if I'm funny or not if you just feel guilty for me join the patreon or if you think I'm a thought leader for your sad life join the patreon no it's just I'm a comedian who wants to make some money and I've made some really really good stuff and if you like this podcast there's multiple bonus episodes a month really whenever I feel like it so I think there's already been like nine bonus episodes in three months uh you know, videos. There's the Mike Pence gaming series. I'm going to film uh, this weekend. I'm This coming weekend, I'm going to film the first episode of Mitch McConnell's cooking show. It'll be very simple and stupid, but it'll be, a, you know, a lighter showcase for the Mitch McConnell impression. And um, what else do I post there? I just made public. I'll put it. I'll put the, a link in the uh, in the show notes for several things. There's the the Boston blog recap. I won't bore you with all the details from Boston, but I wrote up the re, the road comedy recap. That is the current blog on the website. Um, and I just made public the J L Covan sixth grade art show, where I turned my home office into a. Uh, a gallery for my sixth grade, my violent and disturbing sixth grade art pieces. So that's now public. That was available for a month to the Patreon folks. So I know they enjoyed it. Um, Also book reviews. I know that may sound boring, but I know plenty of you enjoyed hearing me talk about books. And the book review show is like probably the thing I'm most proud of. Also because it's by far the least successful part of the Patreon because, you know, if you could tell me right now, hey, JL, one day your book reviews, your funny but insightful book reviews will catch on and that will be the preferred way for people to like learn about book reviews, I'd be like, I'll take it. I'll give up comedy. If I could become like a Bill Simmons for book reviews, I'd kind of take it because it's fun talking about books because so few people read them anymore. And uh, I'll feel, you know, like Throwback Thursdays, JL's reading and... But the uh, the reviews those are those are fun also and those are exclusive to the Patreon. So for four bucks or seven bucks, you can you can join and get a lot of good stuff from hopefully a comedian that you're a big fan of. But what I will be adding this week at some point when I make the time because it's a very busy week for me. Um, work has picked up, day job work has picked up, but maybe in a sign from God that I should give up comedy. 
I think it's a very weird coincidence that I happen to be on the most interesting, entertaining case of my legal career. And don't even ask what it is. Okay? Don't even ask. Um, but just as like my, my calendar on my website goes dry, they're like, hey, JL, don't feel too bad. You might actually enjoy being a lawyer for the next three to five weeks. And I'm like, oh, okay. Okay, you you legal slut. I see you showing some I see you showing off your legal briefs, your bikini briefs, right? Well, that sounds weird cuz like men wear bikini briefs, right? So now I'm like complimenting my my law firm's package and turning into a a gay a gay lawyer. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but you know, that's not what I was going for. I was going for like you can we can we call it a legal thong? Like like briefs is obviously a pun you can make as a double entendre there, but can I just just to make it clear? So I'm not throwing, you know, making it confusing anybody. Can I call it like instead of legal briefs, I'll just when it when it's feminized, can I call it a legal thong? I'm not hearing anything from you guys, so I'm just going to take your silence as a yes. But the point is, I think it's interesting that it's like, oh, hey, JL, I hear comedy's not going that well. How'd you like to? How'd you like me to go down on your jurisdiction? And it's like, oh, I didn't know you. I didn't know you felt that way. Legal career for this whole time. Um, I, you know, I thought you were pegging me for the last decade because you, you, you hated me and wanted me to submit and realize that I was worthless shit, you know, like, like I'm not into the S&M stuff, but you know, you came in in your power suit and you'd, and your stilettos and you'd, you'd grind your heel into my nuts. And I was like, I'm not into this. Like I, I, you must be thinking of some other powerful lawyer client of yours. And, and, and you would reply, no, no, I know you're not into this. I'm not doing this for sexual gratification. I'm trying to hurt your life. And it worked. So I didn't know legal career that you were into me. But like, obviously, you see a little opening here with with comedy, you know, basically spitting on me and calling me worthless that, that you're the, you see, you know, and I, I respect I respect your game. I respect your opportunism. Um, so I don't know, maybe we can have like a little month, a little summer fling, summer loving had me a blast. Law career used to plug me in the ass. But now you're friendly because comedy sucks. So I said law. Why don't we fuck? Summer law had me some fun. Oh, 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 summer law. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> oh, what is going on with me? That was a grease preview. Not afraid of singing like an asshole. Um, so, yeah, summer, summer law or legal thong? Got to remember one of those two for the title. Anyway, see that, guys? As we get away from comedy, jail's joy. I, I can be negative, but it's not that is jail going to cut his wrists negativity. It's more of like, this is jail in his zone. A little bit negative, but, but having fun. Um, but to be fair, I do have some shows coming up. I'm at Broadway Comedy Club. Joe Pontillo, my friend uh, in comedy and in life. Life partner. No, he's not my life partner, but he's a good guy. He's, he's, he's one of those... He's just a... He's just a solid, solid comedian and like solid comedy type, like like myself, very cynical about comedy, understandably. But I'm on his show at Broadway Comedy Club in New York on Wednesday the 27th at 7 p.m. So if you have nothing to do on that Wednesday, uh, I'll probably be coming from work. So you'll see me in khakis and a button down. Uh, but delivering hardcore comedy. Don't be fooled by the business casual. Um, and then uh, August 19th, 
I am at the Mayo Performing Arts Center in uh, Morristown, New Jersey, a venue where I saw Brian Wilson and uh, in a separate concert, Peter Cetera, um, pre-pandemic. I, Morristown, even though it's a Republican town, boy, oh boy, they make a good case for going Republican because it is a beautiful, well-manicured. It's a, it's a beautiful town. Like, I love going there. I've had steak at Roots Steakhouse there a few times. My brother took me there for a birthday lunch knowing that I liked it. And uh, I'll be seeing Richard Marks at that theater in November. So sorry, Richie, but looks like I'm going to be performing there before you, bro. Hope you don't get too jelly. Just kidding, guys. I'm part of a comedy showcase, but I will be uh, MC- I will be doing my time and hosting. So I'm getting a little premium on the paycheck for doing the job no one else wants to do. And I said, you know what? I'll do it because I'm a goddamn mercenary. So Morristown performing a Mayo Performing Arts Center in Morristown, New Jersey, August nineteenth. I hope uh, if any of you are are Jersey fans, Jersey listeners, it's a lovely town. Go get yourself a nice dinner at one of the fancy restaurants before, and come see me and some other comics uh, doing some doing a nice theater show. So uh, yeah, hope hope you can make it. And and after that, I have nothing, nothing if I don't have. Law. See, I'm everything is a ballad now, romance to, to, to the law career. Look how quickly things change. You give me one good case. That's what comedy does. You give me one good show. I'm like, you know what? I'm willing to throw away the next two and a half years of my life because I felt good that one evening. And that's what law is. I think the law career, she's a smart, she's a smart bitch, the law. And she watched me and she was like, ugh, is that all it takes? Ugh, comedy, please. I'll, if I use comedy's techniques, I'll be I'll be banging him like Demi Moore in Disclosure. God, I loved that movie. Like Disclosure, if you've ever seen it. I never read the book, though. I read several Michael Crichton novels. A, a very tall, super successful man who died in like his late 50s. So that's best case scenario. You become super wealthy, super famous as a tall man, and then you die early. So, um, yeah, Michael Crichton my life model make something of yourself before the lord takes you at 60 or 59 because you're a tall son of a bitch but disclosure what a movie what now i don't know if i've discussed this and i i want to one of the things i meant i've been meaning to say for weeks i almost made it a patreon thing but i'm going to give it to everybody this is the kind of thing you'll get on patreon but i'm going to give it to you for free on the main feed to encourage you to check out the patreon join this month peruse the months already of content and maybe you'll just be like, yeah, I like what JL's putting out here. And it, it really isn't expensive at all. Like, one of you, it costs you almost nothing. But if, like, 200 more of my fans join, then all of a sudden I can get closer to being like, maybe I can do full-time comedy as long as I keep pumping out this Patreon shit. But anyway, not a guilt trip, guys. Not afraid of guilt tripping his best fans. But I really do think you're missing you're missing out on some good stuff if you don't join. Uh, four bucks, I feel like four bucks a month is is pretty reasonable considering that right now I don't even think I'm in the black on my Patreon. I think I'm close to making a profit after three months because of spending money on editing and and, and other things quasi-affiliated with the Patreon. But disclosure, guys, if you know me, you know that because what I was going to say is I'm going to be ranking my, but there's a new, there's a new number one on my Republican women that I would absolutely uh, sleep with, but couldn't tell anybody because my family would never speak to me and many of my friends would go, I don't respect you for that. 
but we'll get to that soon. But disclosure, guys, Demi Moore, Michael Douglas, and I know it's a hacky joke, but you have to understand, mid-90s Demi Moore, 92 to 97 Demi Moore is my number one woman of all time. Now, I think part of that obviously stems from the fact that I was in that age range, 13 to 18, you know, hormones raging, you're just going to, it's, it's, it's imprinted. It's like some sort of imprint, just like Mariah Carey, late nineties, Mariah Carey is my number two all time. So I think it's, it speaks to their quality, their beauty, and also the time in my life when I felt for them. Now we're just friends. There's nothing romantic between me, Demi Moore, or Mariah Carey anymore. But we, you know, we maintain a good friendship for the imaginary kids that we had in my dreams. So, um, disclosure is just tough. I know, I'm sorry I'm going to sound hacky, but it's more personal to me. The idea of if I worked in an office and Demi Moore were sexually harassing me and trying to fuck me on my desk... The only harassment would be her not doing that. And I know Michael Douglas in the movie was married and he was trying to be good and all that. Um, that's why any prenup I have will literally say, if, if 1995 Demi Moore, or a woman that looks just like her, parenthetical or footnote, I must... I shall, it's not even I may cheat on her, it is I shall, the contract requires me, it says I shall cheat with her, no may, this is not a permissive clause, this is a mandatory, in fact, in fact, some of my wealth will be redistributed, 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 stroke, um, to my future ex, if I don't. That's how strongly I felt. So when I was seeing him sue, I go, mid-90s Demi Moore wants to sexually harass me. I, I, I'm not, I should, be, I should be ostracized and fired and canceled if I don't, okay? So um, I don't know why I brought that up. I was talking about law, right? Giving law its flowers, giving Lady Justice her flowers, as we say on social media. I think we're out of flowers now. People have been handing out a lot of flowers on social media the last couple of years. Give this woman her flowers. Give this man his flowers. And it's like, I think the florist is out of flowers now. We got to start charging more for flowers. But And sorry if you don't know that phrase I'm referring to. I have a wide cross section in my, my small. I have kind of, not individually, of course, but my fan base is kind of the worst possible fan base in terms of I have no dominant demographic. So like... An audience of mine will be like 30%, 25% from four different age demographics and like majority white, but not, not the Patton Oswalt crowd I saw going into the Wellmont Theater in Montclair level white, where I was like, I think this might be 100% white going in there, but definitely majority white with sprinkling of, and then you make certain references, it's like, nope, that was for those two tables, god damn it. But, um, yeah, uh, I so I told you about the Patreon, I told you about the the two shows I have on my, well, that I'm adding to my calendar later today. Um, 
I and then of course there's making podcasts great again, my Trump podcast, which is still going strong inexplicably, but I keep bringing it. And with the death of Ivana Trump, yes, uh, I did a eulogy publicly, but then I did a Trump confessing to the crime video for the Patreon of making podcasts great again. I hate hawking. Th- I know I do it a lot, but I really hate hawking things. But if I'm hawking something, whether it's my own Patreon or the Making Podcast Great Again Patreon, it's because it's past my quality check. Like if I'm trying to get you to pay money for something, I find it so disagreeable that I, for my own sanity and my own emotional comfort, I have to make it something worth buying. So know that if you take a, a leap or a risk and, and support one or both Patreons, that they have received my very rigorous standard of if I charge somebody for this, do I stand by it or will I have to walk in front of a moving train because I am a shameless, grifting, piece-of-shit comedian? And the, que- the, the, the answer is yes, no, they're worth it. They have passed... They have passed muster under my rigorous quality control checks. So I was going to talk about Republican women, which I assume we're all, if, if I, my fan base is mostly left of center, so I hope you're okay with me objectifying Republican women slightly. Um, you know, because everybody got to fall in love with Andrew Cuomo and Obama, and I know they're different men, men of different character, but my, my point being they range from... I like his command and charisma, but he's not that handsome, but I'll still be a Cuomo-sexual, to he's so handsome and charismatic. Like, like you know, any, any uh, the range. Women got to, got to have their, their range of social media flirtations. But you don't really get a chance. And then, yes, of course, there's the sleazy MAGA people who will be like, oh, look, here's a picture of Kyle Rittenhouse, the murderer with deranged, augmented Laura Logan, and look, he's not even staring at her. T- like, like somehow MAGA, they, t- they, they can still manage to be creepy about their own women, let alone, you know, sexually harassing and videotaping uh, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. But I feel like you never see too much of the left, the, the strong left of center, righteous voters, righteous prick voter, if you will, complimenting and objectifying conservative women, you know? Why don't we get to do that? So here I am today providing this service. <clears throat> I'm going to, I want to rank my, uh, you know, there's been a shakeup. Now, if people listen to the, you know, I've had this, I've had this chat with, I remember telling uh, Jonathan Martin of the New York Times in 2021, he had asked me what I thought of somebody. And I said, don't like her. And I said, if you want to know who I think, who my pick would be, Lauren Boebert. Now I know she's a, a tiny piece of idiotic, cruel trash. But this is about ranking Republican women. They're almost all cruel trash. Okay, so what? Like, you 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 go you go to the brothel with the MAGA whores they have, not the ones you want. So she had been number one. I just thought she was. If you're being objective, I you know, and and part of the allure here, part of the naughtiness. Just like I've always said, I've never dated, I've dated women with, I've dated multiple women that had one tattoo each, but I've never dated like a tattooed up, like biker piercing, like, and, and yet that's, I've always said, there's no race that presents a taboo to me, but there are 
styles that feel taboo. Like, I feel like if I was dating a, a good-looking rocker chick who was, like, sleeved up with, like, multiple piercings and just, like, I'd be like, oh, we, we can date. We can go on vacation. You're never meeting my family. I'm sorry. I know that's I know that's offensive. I'm sorry. This is, I just, you know, your, like, your tattooed pierced-upness is, like, the way... MAGA people look at interracial porn and 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 people of color doing porn. It it skyrockets, but they won't allow it in public. They'll they, their Pornhub numbers don't lie, um, but they they lie in public and they they still present a cruel racist front in public. You're like that. Like if tattooed people were a race, I'd be like Thomas Jefferson. I think is the way I'd say it. But you're not a race. That's totally your choice. You have this demonic look that I find attractive and and embarrassing at the same time. Um, it's like you're you're walking around with someone advertising deep trauma and issues, and I find that appealing. And uh, you're never meeting my mom or my brother, so I hope you can ac- if you can accept that we can go on nice vacations um, to, to you know we can go on hedonism cruises or or. Uh, self-mutilation vacations, whatever you do when you're when you're not working because you are completely tatted up and scary looking. So the point being, guys, um, that's how I kind of f- deal with the the MAGA woman. So the real reason for this is because my 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 top four. I couldn't. I can't really think of a, a fifth. I'm sure they're out there. Like, I don't really watch Fox News. Like, Ainsley, you know, she got bumped off permanently when I found out she was dating Sean Hannity. But I always thought she was very stupid, but attract, like, really attractive. She's like the Fox, the, the, the Fox and Friends blonde. But, you know, when I find out you're dating Sean Hannity, that's like, that's, that's the political version of, like, me as a comedian finding out that you dated Pete Davidson, which I guess is, like, one-fifth of the female population now. Um, I'm just like, oh, okay, so you're into untalented, nice heroin, punk rock, how the fuck did you get on SNL for seven years type dudes? Oh, okay, that's not that's not me. Like, wait, it's a deal breaker for me. But anywho, but number four, okay, on the list is uh, Christy Nome. okay? Christy Nome, governor of South Dakota, sort of like, the new improved Sarah Palin, I think, like she has these eyes that are like really intense. Like Sarah Palin doesn't have the like I think that's the tiebreaker. But but Christy Noem just looks like like not that I read a lot of porn biographies, but sometimes you just read a biography and it's like she was actually a pastor's wife, and then they got divorced at thirty eight. She she got surgery and stripped at forty. Did her first adult film at forty five, and at forty eight is considered one of the top tier milfs in the industry. That's the energy I get off of Christy Nome. You know, just like had a bad haircut when she first became governor, but then got the glow up, hit the soul cycle, got a trainer that she probably bangs, and is now almost trying to be like I'm the Sarah Palin that does butt stuff 
and could kill you with my bare hands. Like, so she's going for like, I'm Sarah Palin 3.0. We just skipped the 2.0. Sure, I'm still kind of dumb sounding, but it's really my accent more than my brain deadness that Palin had. Like, we've upgraded the brain chip, but I still sound kind of folksy and dumb, and I'm still a terrible person, but I also have great qualities if you're looking to have a secret affair with a hardcore conservative that you don't want any of your friends or family to find out. So Christy Nome at four, a respectable four. Number three, Bobert. She's gone from one to three. That's a big drop, okay? And I know she says horrible things. That's part of the appeal, guys. This, this is not about who I want to marry, who I want to do. This is about if nobody ever knew. And to me, Bobert, she's cute. She's like, she's like, I th- sometimes I think she's like fake mean, like she's mean, but she, she just wants acceptance. Like I think Marjorie Taylor Greene, who I, who to, you know, to, I wouldn't fuck Marjorie Taylor Greene with my worst enemy's dick. Um, I just find her to be very like, she's like a, she's like a cruel hobbit or something. There's just nothing there. Um, yeah. But at least she's got manly arms. That's hot, right? No, no, it's not. Um, but Bobert, sometimes I feel like she's like trying to, like if if the MAGA crowd had a mean girl, she'd be the one who's like trying, like the who was it, the um, Amanda Seyfried, like the one who's like trying to be mean, but is like really not actually that she just likes being in the group, but she's really not that mean. But she pretend like this. Bobert, I feel like half the time she probably believes what the bullshit she says now. But a lot of time it feels like she's just pretending, like because she's like, I don't know, had a tough life, or she was an escort, and now she's trying to find the law. I don't know what's going on with her, um, but I find her very cute. I find her attractive physically. I, you know, uh, I'm not saying I would go full Richie April season two of Sopranos and have Bobert like hold a gun to my head while we do it. I'm not going there. Okay. I'm still, I'm still for, for gun safety and gun, uh, gun control in a big way. And I wouldn't go that far, but there is, you know, just, you know, little dumb Bobert walks in with a gun on her hip, you know, dressed kind of sexy, starts spouting some misquotes from the Bible and starts undressing. And I go, yeah, you know what? Nobody needs to know about this. So number three, former number one. Now number two is somebody who really shared the number one spot often and had it to herself several years ago. Dana Loesch. Dana Loesch of the NRA. That evil, sexy piece of shit. I mean, that is just, that's like, like let's reboot Prince's sexy motherfucker and just call Dana Loesch, you sexy piece of shit. Because Dana Loesch kind of reminds me of a young Demi Moore if she wasn't a good person and loved guns. Um, Dana Loesch is like a gun psycho. and But we've both been shadow banned by Twitter. That's a fact. So we have that. That could be like if she got divorced, that could be my intro with her. Like, hey, I know we disagree on politics, but yeah, big tech. Fucking us both, right? Why don't we fuck big tech back by fucking? And then big tech is going to be so mad to see that two of the celebrities that it tried to mess with are now bonded over that shadow banning. 
what do you think, Dana? No, you're, you pulled out your gun and you're threatening. Okay, uh, no, I was just asking. I'm not, I'm not armed. I'm not, I'm not making. Okay, okay, I understand. I, I hate you. Now that I know that this is not a possibility, I, I can speak my full truth, which is that I think you're a terrible person. But you're, you're serious. There's no chance. No, you okay? No, okay. You're reconciling with your husband. Okay, I didn't know that. I didn't know. Now you're doing cancel culture right now. Okay, you're being a me too liberal. What do you think of that? Yeah, you don't like it, huh? You don't like being accused of that, but you're me too. You're cancel culturing me and acting like a real me too, a me too loser, okay? But she's number two. Very tough to get her off the list. I mean, she's number two and she is like a horrible gun advocate. So that's just how strongly the Demi Moore DNA is is in her. Um, and number one, previously unranked. Number one, with a bullet to her father's friend's face, it's Liz Cheney, guys. Oh, wow. Wow. Liz Cheney. I would say, on pure looks, the least attractive on the list, but it's not just about going with the maxim standard. Liz Cheney, fighting for democracy. Because now, maybe... I, I still can't bring Liz Cheney. I can't bring Liz Cheney home, but she's the closest we have because I've even heard my mom say, "Did you hear that statement by Liz Cheney? Pretty good." And that would be my opening. Go, oh well, you know, you know, is it okay if she comes over to dinner? Because we're in a uh, we're in a very self hating sexual relationship right now. Is it okay if she comes over and meets you now that you sort of see some positives in her? And the answer would be like, no, absolutely not. I still hate her but I just think she's doing a good job on the January 6th. And I'll go, just kidding, mom. I wasn't going to bring that up. That's a joke. You know, I'm with somebody, somebody else. I'm with the righteous girlfriend. I'm out with the, the righteous Cheney. Okay. But, uh, we could, I mean, we could form a podcast brand because she is very righteous, you know, righteous Cheney right after this episode of righteous prick comes righteous Cheney. She wouldn't have to change her towel monograms, you know, right. Uh, Liz Covan, Liz Cheney, LCLC. And also, by the way, JLC. So it's very biblical, you know, the LC, it's like part of, it's like my rib, you know, the, the LC is incorporated into the JLC. Just saying, you know, you go on different fronts. You go with the, the monogram angle. You go with the, we both hate Trump angle. You go with the biblical angle. There's, there's a lot of ways for me to play this, but, um, I like that Liz Cheney is fighting for democracy and is, is, is not afraid, not afraid of losing her job. But also, great calves. And I'm on the record as saying calves are arguably, arguably the most important part of a woman other than her mind. Other than her mind. But calves, to me, I've always said calves tell me one of, one of, one of uh, two things. Great work ethic. You're getting in the gym. You're getting, you're getting your workouts in. You're, you're, you're jumping rope. You're bike riding. You're running. You're, you're, you're wearing heels. You're doing everything you need to tone those motherfuckers up. Or you're not, but you have great genetics because some people just have great calves because they have good genes and it's just one of those random things. Like some people with bad calves can never have good calves and some people with great calves can kind of never lose them. But I saw her walking out of uh, J6 in, in, her, in, her, in her tan heels and her, I think she might have even been wearing like that, that royal blue, which really makes the blonde hair pop. That's the ultimate combo. She doesn't do it a lot, but that is the combo. That's like when I wear my royal blue shirt with a nice gold tie that just says, I have wealth. 
And uh, I said, wow, she's got the calves. Okay. She's got five kids. So you know she's not bashful about banging. Okay. That's not like one or two kids like we needed to make the marriage. She's like, no, I want more. I want to brood. Use me to bring a large family, you you Wyoming ranching piece of shit. That's probably what she says in bed. And that's also pretty cool. Like I'd love to, like, well, like if I found out that she hated the show Yellowstone, uh, Emmy, by the way, last bonus podcast, huge Emmy talk up. So if you're, if you want all my hot takes and funny statements on Emmy nominations, another reason to join the Patreon, but I, I go after Yellowstone hard and how glad I was that it wasn't nominated. Maybe she's like, what if she was just like, I hate that depiction of the West. I'm from the West. and I hate the way Yellowstone. I'd be like, oh my God. Like I'd be telling her to say that to like, that would be like, like keep telling me how you hate Yellowstone. And I'd be like, oh yeah. And, uh, Maybe more important than all the things that I've just said, it's her tone. Her tone is so I am not impressed. Even when she, and then Donald Trump said, I'm going to kill everybody. Didn't he say that? He did. So everybody, think about that when you're thinking about our democracy and what we should do. Donald Trump threatened to kill everybody and now he's threatening witnesses so when we come back tomorrow i will still not have raised my temperature or my pulse at all because nothing impresses me nothing you can do can make me happy feel free to try but i don't care she has that tone that of course is like it's like she's negging everybody you know how people are sometimes like, oh, negging somebody can sometimes work when you like don't when you treat them like shit. It's like one of those shitty pickup artist type things. But it feels like every breath Liz Cheney takes is negging someone because she not. I don't see her laugh. I don't see her sad. I just feel like she's like, I'm over all this. What do you mean all this life, earth, people, humans, everything? I'm over it. I'm Liz Cheney. My dad shoots his friends in the face. I am willing to take on the most vile person in American history and I'm going to do it in royal blue with strong calves and fighting for democracy and, and making left of center podcasters feel really confused about what they're attracted to. So the point is, guys, Liz Cheney right now, number one, number one. I mean, I'm sure Dana Loesch is, is loading a gun right now, furious at this, but uh, sorry, Dana, you know. It's, uh, I'm sure you'll get to number one again at some point, but we're, we're, we're officially in the Liz Cheney era right now. So there guys, that's the kind of thing I would normally save for a Patreon, but I wanted to give you a flavor of just, just the, the awful kind of stuff that you can pay for from me. But yeah, go, go, go check out the Patreon this week or join, join this week. And I think you'll, I think you'll enjoy it. And I'm going to post some of my set either in video or audio form i may just post the audio of the q a because i did like mitch mcconnell johnny depp dave chappelle trump um and interacted with the with the fans a little bit from the stage uh, ron reagan jr made a brief appearance so um I'm, I'm not decided yet i may put a video clip i may put the audio of the q a uh, but there's a lot of stuff there that will probably make up a new album um i think i interrupted myself at the beginning of the podcast on this very train of thought but i was going to say 
you know, whenever Half Blackface comes out, who knows? At this point, who cares? I do, but not as much as I wish I did. But I'm going to probably, I basically have enough for a new, new 55 minutes or so that I think I'm going to commit to working on starting this week, molding and, and improving and tightening. And then it'll be just funny to me. It's like, oh, Half Blackface came out in you know, October 5th. And then like November 1st, I'm like, here's a new one that I put out myself. I worked with my own people. Buy this. You know, buy both, but buy this. All great stuff. Sorry that I'm so prolific and, and, and disrespected. But the fact is, this is goat-level content and goat-level pacing. So um, I'm excited about that. Because there really is like, I, I really was happy with almost everything that I, that I busted out in Boston. So I will put up some of that for the Patreon uh, this week. Uh, video form, audio form, one or possibly both. Like maybe one video bit and uh, like an audio clip for the Patreon. So um, yeah, if you're a fan and, and you like what you're hearing and you, you, you're intrigued, uh, join this month. You can always unjoin. I won't, I won't call anybody out for unjoining. But I do think that when you realize it's just a couple of bucks and you're getting, you know, good stuff, like really good stuff. Like if you like my stuff, you're, you're getting strong bonus material. So join up, join up this week. Um, give yourself a month with it. Take it around for a drive, you know, go parking with Liz Cheney, you know, you want a sixth kid, Liz? I don't know. I guess you could, you could try. You're probably not able to get me pregnant because like everybody's weaker than me and I don't really care anymore. I'm over humanity. So Go for it if you must. And that's how me and Liz Cheney would start making out at a drive-in movie theater in Wyoming. How about that? Kanye could officiate our, our wedding ceremony. Anyway, guys, that's enough of me. Thank you for listening. I hope you have a great week. Um, you know, just keep checking out the website. Like there's, I, I know I keep promoting, but it's not just promotion. Like you got the blog. You got another podcast. You got the Patreon. You got live shows still. The broad, you know, New York and Morristown. Um, so I hope to see you at one of those. Hope you, you check out some of the other stuff besides this pod, this free podcast. And uh, I will see you next Tuesday. Podcast, podcast.